Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The dream is made real! Ricky Howard rocks the world! How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over! Mamma mia! He's done it! Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko! Uh. Welcome back to the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I am your host, Sean, and I'm joined, as always, by Jamie for this big fight preview weekend. Are there any big fights on this weekend? Well, there's an argument that there really isn't any big fights, but there are interesting fights going on this weekend. So we felt like it was necessary to come on and talk about a few of those fights with a few familiar faces and a few familiar names that are fighting this weekend. Some interesting fighters that have really developed over the past 18 months and brought themselves into the mainstream from being unknown, essentially padded record fighters to world champions and fighters that are now household names again. So I'm really excited to sort of go through some of the conversations around the fights that are happening this weekend. And of course, talking a little bit about some of the news that has happened over the past few days as well. So welcome, Jamie, as always, back on for a big fight preview, but it's not really a big fight preview, is it? It's more of a let's have a weekly roundup of what's happening this weekend for everybody. Yeah, it is. Um, it's nice to like let people know because I mean uh, Sam Eganen's fighting on Friday, isn't he? So uh, that'll be at around ten o'clock on Channel Five in the UK. So you know, it's nice to let people know what's going on. I know sometimes, uh, particularly for those that don't really watch television, uh, which I don't, I know it sounds a bit sort of archaic, but I stick to my YouTube and me, uh, you know, me other, me other platforms. So, you know, it's just nice to let people know what they can access on a Friday night and, uh, be a little TV guide for people really. And it's a nice, uh, nice return of an old favorite of mine, Sam Eggenman, who really, I thought he was about 55, but he's still only 30. That'd be interesting to see what he can do. I think he's up against it personally against Abbas Baral, who is a bit of a um, bit of a rough diamond and someone who's you know unheralded, but uh, certainly got the got the skills to cause a bit of an upset. I think. 
Um, and yeah, with a couple of other couple of other names there, a couple of other exciting clash of styles. Uh, but we'll get into that shortly, won't we, Sean? We will indeed. So yes, we will be covering the Peru Eggington fight on here. Amanda Serrano also defends her featherweight championships as well on the zone in Puerto Rico. If you are interested in that one, we will mention that a little bit later on. Jake Paul is also back in the ring against Ryan Borland on the undercard of that particular one. And then in the USA, also on the same night in Verona, we've got Luis Alberto Lopez versus Rhea Abbey defending the IBF World Featherweight Championship. Luis Alberto Lopez, a fighter that's kind of seemingly came from nowhere for us as UK fight fans and just burst onto the scene, absolutely demolishing the likes of Josh Warrington and Michael Conlon and just absolutely upsetting the apple cart completely. And on that undercard as well, we've got a really good fight for the vacant WBA featherweight championship previously held by Lee Wood, as you've got Otterbeck, Akolmatov versus Raymond Ford in a fight with two undefeated guys looking to become a world champion, which will be a really interesting one. So I'm certainly going to talk about that over the course of the show, as well as some other notable mentions. But Let's start with Friday night's fights then. It is Wednesday. We are recording it a little bit later this week because, to be honest, guys, I was debating whether we should put this out this week because there's no major, major fights happening. However, there are some notable ones happening this weekend, so we will go through them, as I've said. And Abbas Baru versus Sam Eggington for the vacant European super welterweight crown is happening on Channel 5 in the UK on Friday night. And you said it, Quite rightly there, Jamie, when you mentioned Sam Eggington for us, he's like a familiar face and he feels like he's a lot older in himself as a fighter than what we expected him to be. He's still only 30 years old and it's quite crazy to really think that, isn't it? You know, he's been around for what feels like forever. He started in 2012, all the way back in 2012. He's been, what, a pro for 12 years and yet he's still only 30 years old. I suppose they don't make him like him anymore because there's not a lot of fighters that would be still having that level of fights in his career at this stage. But he's one of those fighters who we've enjoyed watching over the years and seemingly his defence has been non-existent at times and has led to those moments where it's let him down in his career and then you just think to yourself, maybe with all the beatings he's kind of sustained during the courses of those fights that maybe... Maybe he should just knock it down or knock it on the head a little bit. But no, do you know what, Sam Eggington, to his credit, he's he's come back from that and he's been on his career resurgence. He's been involved in, in big fights, of course. The most notable recently was against Dennis Hogan and then he went on to beat James McCarthy and Joe Pigford in his last fight. Joe Pigford was an undefeated fighter at 20-0. And that's where Sam Eggington is at this stage of his career. He's fighting now for the vacant European welterweight title against a guy in Abbas Baru, who, from what I have seen of Abbas Baru, and I've watched a few of his fights, I I think he's going to be a tricky customer for Eggington, and I think Eggington's not going to have this all his own way. I've watched his fight against Frederick Katona last year, and I remember seeing that fight, and I watched it back again today, and I thought, you know what, He's, he's a decent fighter, you know, he's going to cause some problems for... Sam Eggington in this fight and it really all boils down to what Sam's got left in his career at this stage and has he got enough punch resistance still has he got enough in his arsenal has he got enough wherewithal to beat a really tricky customer who could potentially outbox him the way 
other fighters about box Sam Eggington in the past. So first fight then, Jamie, Sam Eggington and Abbas Baru. What are you making? What are your thoughts and feelings on how this fight plays out? I fancy Abbas Baru to get the stoppage late on. Um, you know, Sam Eggington, as much as I love him, as much as you, you would say, yeah, he's the savage. And a good win there against Joe Pickford that you mentioned. Pickford was undefeated. He was sort of knocking everybody out at a certain level. So, you know, afraid of, of going in there against a puncher or, you know, Abbas Baruchan certainly punch as well. He's got nine KOs from 14 wins. But I think, you know, the thing that's going to sort of unseat Megan uh, in a little bit, he struggles with anyone of, and I mentioned it previously, like a certain level, you know, where they've got a bit of experience behind them, you know, and, and they they have the capability to sort of rise to a challenge a little bit, a la so. Ted Cheeseman, I know Cheeseman doesn't box anymore. Um, he was another one who sort of left with his face, but he could also he could box when he needed to, and he managed to beat Eggington. Uh, he was a bit more impressive, and then I think Ch- uh, Eggington got absolutely smashed against Liam Smith, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken. So you know, against a certain sort of level of fighter, and I'm not saying Abbas Barrow is is on that sort of uh, on that level as yet, but he's certainly got. Um, a certain pedigree. Um, been said he was quite a good amateur. Um, he's been involved with Adam Booth at the, the the boxing booth, and Adam Booth doesn't take on mugs. You know what I mean? And he fought quite a disputed decision against. Uh, he, he fought and lost a disputed decision, I should say, to Jack Colkai on the. It was a split decision, and on the card that Jack remained the victor. Burrell uh, was actually up by three rounds, so that shows how sort of a close that was. Kai's been in there with the likes of Demetrius Andrade and then boxed for world title. So, Rao was not going to be overruled by the occasion. And I watched the same fight you watched there, Sean, as well, against uh, Farin Katona. And, you know, he was quite happy to just sit behind the jab and, and do what he needed to do until he, until he got the job done. Do you know what I mean? Quite viciously as well, I might add, in the, uh, in the third round. So, uh, I think... With Eggington's tendency to lead with his face, as we said, I think that will just play into uh, Burrell's hands. He's obviously got the power, and anyone who's going to walk through, uh, walk forward and, and try and, you know, walk him down, I think they're going to be in uh, severe danger, to be honest. Burrell's a man on a mission. He's 29th. He's going to want to really sort of move his career along now. Um, and, you know, that... Uh, win an EBU title win or put him in the WBC rankings there so you know perfect shot no for him and maybe uh, a time for Eggenham by the end of this fight because I do believe Burrell will stop him late on maybe it's time for Eggenham to really look in the mirror and think you know I am maybe a lot older than 30 maybe it's time to hang him up well I'm looking forward to it because I do think it will be an entertaining fight so it's one that I really wanted to bring to the attention of you guys are listening because I think it's one that you should be tuning into. That's the main fight for me on that card that I wanted to cover. And I move over to Saturday's shows now because there are a few shows on Saturday with a few interesting fights and ones that are notable. And I mentioned Amanda Serrano, of course, a little bit earlier on defending her featherweight championships against Nina Menke, who's 18-3. and three. I mean, Serrano at this stage now, we, we was wanting to see a fight Katie Taylor... Katie Taylor's fought Chantal Cameron twice. The rumour is that that's going to happen for a third time and a rubber match is going to happen this year. So kind of puts Serrano's nose out of joint a little bit and not just start the fact that she had to 
essentially relinquish a WBO version of this title due to the fact that she decided to go ahead and fight a 12 three-minute round fight. As a result of that, Mauricio Sullivan decided that they didn't want her to be representing their organisation anymore. So that title went away and ultimately it's Sky Nicholson who kind of come into the fold as a result of that. And now there's this fight being touted between Serrano and, and Nicholson. But obviously Serrano has got to get past her opponent at the weekend, first and foremost, who's 18-3. and three. It's quite an experienced opponent, German opponent at the age of 30. In terms of her, her resume and her career, I think the most notable name on, on her resume is Sarah Mofood, who's 10-0. It was 10-0 at the time, sorry, who's now 14-1, and one, who obviously we've seen in the past against Amanda Serrano, ironically. So it is interesting to see what Serrano does in this fight and if she if she tries to make a statement. I mean, the last two fights have gone the distance and prior to that, she got a couple of stoppages. And I think what we want to see now at this stage for Serrano is, is at 35, you kind of want to see another big fight for her. And I think the Sky Nicholson fight is the one that I think people do really want to see at this stage because obviously she's been promoted Sky Nicholson quite a lot on the zone and she's sort of being touted as, you know, like the, the, the next big thing in this division. And I think with Sky looking to fight for that vacant WBC title, it really does set up a fight between these two who have, who have had a few war of words over social media. So I am going to tune in with a little bit of interest to see what Serrano does and how she gets on in the fight and, see if she's still got enough in that tank to beat a Sky Nicholson who's young, fresh and hungry and looking to be a WBC champion and then maybe go into this undisputed contest against Amanda Serrano. Also on the card is Jonathan Gonzalez against Rene Santiago, WBO World Light Flyweight title up for grabs here as Gonzalez defends it for what would be the second or third time now, I believe. I think it's the third time, in fact, he's defending this title. So they're the two fights on this particular card. Just a little note then maybe from you, Jamie, on Amanda Serrano and what you've seen of her, obviously the Katie Taylor being the most notable fight and this fight that's being geared up potentially with Sky Nicholson for a title that she didn't lose in the ring. Yeah, I... I... You know, I go back to something that you mentioned before about obviously her age and then uh, being 35. You can never discount whether it be male or female boxing. Don't discount the, uh, don't mention the age really because you can always have a legend rolling back the years. Look at Katie Sader against Chantel Cameron. Uh, Chantel Cameron commanded their first fight with absolute aplomb. You know, she just walked her down, she made her look. Well, she made the size count, didn't she? And then Katie Taylor come back and then sort of rolled back the years. So, you know, age isn't necessarily indicative of an outcome. Um, I think Amanda Serrano want to go in there against Nina Mineke and really make a statement. You know, Mineke at the top level, she's not um, she's not sort of proven. She did lose an, an IBS uh, title shot, I believe, against Sarah Mahfoud. You mentioned that before, so... You know, maybe she's overawed at the top level and against uh, Amanda Serrano, you are fighting the, the, the cream of the crop of women's boxing, aren't you? So, yeah, look to maybe nerves will overtake in terms of mind key and maybe uh, Serrano can really. And I, I use that term all the time. I don't want to be synonymous with it. But again, put yourself in the shot window. 
And that is a particular phrase that's prevalent with women's boxing because as that sport's growing with the uh, talent pool as, as shallow as it is, I think, you know, the women really need to to do that. They need to put themselves in the shop window and really, really impress. So, yeah, get in there, uh, dispatch Mike in a fashion that I believe she can do and then and then get in there with Sky Nicholson. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see if the uh, old lion can unseat the young lion. Well, we'll see. It is a fight that's happening this weekend also on the zone. But turning our attentions to USA ESPN Plus. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We've got the fight that I mentioned earlier between Luis Alberto Lopez and Rhea Abe for the IBF World Featherweight Championship. Luis Alberto Lopez then, Jamie. Let's have a conversation about him first before we talk about this fight. He is a fighter that, honestly, when I saw him for the first time, I I looked at him and thought, he's so unorthodox. He throws shots from such a wild position and, and he switch hits so much. He just seems like, such a problem for fighters but then I also looked at him and thought ah, there's going to be someone that's going to be able to tame tame that sort of pressure from him and be able to bring it down and, and be able to cause problems for him but since he sort of burst onto the UK scene when he beat Isaac Lowe in 2021 at Bethnal Green 
that's when he started to really get the attention of UK fight fans. And then when he comes back to the UK and he goes to Leeds and he fights Josh Warrington, he he just to me, even though the cards were were, were quite close and he got a majority decision, for me he just outboxed him completely. And I think the the scorecards didn't really do him any justice because I didn't think Warrington, you know, deserved the cards that he got. There was one that was even a draw. Howard Foster scored at one fourteen, one fourteen. The other two scored at one fifteen. 113 to Lopez, but I thought he was much wider than that, personally speaking. I thought he had completely outclassed Josh Warrington, and Josh Warrington didn't know what to do with him. He then goes back-to-back with another UK-based fight. He goes over to Belfast, and then absolutely dispatches of Michael Conlon in emphatic fashion. And again, it was a fight where you'd think that the boxer would be the puncher, and I think the puncher in that fight was, of course, Lopez, but Michael Conlon just sort of played straight into his hands. He just completely... He went gung-ho on him. He just ripped up that script, that game plan, and just went gung-ho, and he got caught, and he's it's his own fault he lost that fight. He, he was just really, really silly, in my opinion, in that fight, because I think he could have beat him with the boxing ability he has. And since then, he's had one win over Joe Gonzalez in Corpus Christi in America, and now he's back, and he's defending this IBF featherweight crown. What have you made of him then so far, Jamie, with... His unorthodox style and, and the way he boxes the fighters and the performances he's had against guys that we know so well. He's another Mexican problem child, isn't he? In the uh, in the shape of uh, sort of Mauricio Lara, you know. Um, promoters bringing over these these Mexicans. You hear it in the commentary all the time and and like they're they're un they're uncharted territory, you know. What I mean, we haven't seen them and then explode on the scene. You'd think though that you know, I said Lola makes it. You'd think they would have learned their lesson after he beat Isaac Lowe in the, in the manner that he did. But they clearly didn't uh, learn their lesson. Josh Warren, and I agree with you, I think he was a lot wider on the cards than uh, than it was shown to be in the end. Um, probably uh, another sort of British British controversy there. Luckily, it went to the right man, though, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I found him to be... I, I, haven't, I haven't looked at him as much as... I looked at Mauricio Lara, I think because Lara sort of exploded onto the scene, really, the way that he was just beating up Josh Warrington. And, you know, that didn't really happen in the Luis Alberto Lopez fight. He didn't beat him up, but he, he sort of uh, comprehensively outboxed him. I think, you know, I favoured one over the other in terms of uh, viewing them. Um, but Alberto Lopez, yeah, again, used the phrase problem child. He has impressed me. And he's another one of those Mexicans on the list that really should be in the Unite club. Uh, but he's still getting these fights. I don't think Arbe is a mug. Um, in his last fight, he beat Kiko Martinez, who's constantly turning back the clock. Um, he's now retired, isn't he? But to, to beat Kiko Martinez, it shows you've got some pedigree. And I think, um, you know, he's going to put up some resistance against Luis Alberto Lopez. Um, Martinez can sort of overwhelm you when he wants to. Um, and we know that Alberto Lopez will go forward and meet fire with fire. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm expecting Arbe to, to put up some resistance when you've been in against a frenetic puncher like uh, Kiko Martinez and you survive them one, particularly on points to go the twelve rounds. It shows you got some, got something about you. So it should be a decent, decent scrap. I'm expecting Lopez to win. If I'm being totally honest with you, Jamie, I, I think he's he's got the ability to to have another good performance and start maybe looking. Uh, the potential of fighting the winner of Kolomatov and Raymond Ford, who are also fighting on this undercard for the WBA vacant World Featherweight Championship. 
recently vacated by Lee Wood, of course, who's moving up to super featherweight. So with that in mind, that is the other fight we did want to talk about. Raymond Ford undefeated 14-0-1 against Otterbeck Kolthelmatov. I can I can never pronounce his name right. I'm a little bit like Johnston in this sense. It's Kolmatov, but some people pronounce it slightly differently. He's 12-0 and he has looked absolutely brilliant so far in his career. But then I also think Raymond Ford has as well. And when you look at Kolmatov and you look at his career so far, he's he's... He just systematically breaks his opponents down, and I've enjoyed watching him do that. And most notably for him, the big win, again, when he came to the UK and fought Thomas Patrick Ward, who was undefeated in 34 fights. A very padded record, I must add. But still, nevertheless, he was unbeaten in 34 fights, and Kolmatov just did what he liked with him and absolutely systematically broke him down. And now he's in this position now where he's fighting for this featherweight title against the American in Raymond Ford, who has obviously been previously promoted quite heavily by Eddie Hearn at 24 years of age. He's looked like a another sort of fighter in the style, and I know you mentioned this to me off air, you mentioned a little bit like an Adrian Broner style fighter, and I think I kind of agree with you on, on that. I think I've seen some good results for him in his career so far, some good wins. He fought Reese Bellotte a couple of years back and got a TKO over Reese Bellotte in three rounds. And he got a good win over 12 rounds in his last fight against Jesse Magdaleno, who was 29 and one, which was, you know, one of the most experienced fighters on his resume. And so far he's, he's looked good in his career against good opponents. I think he's had a relatively decent resume so far, but he's coming up against a guy who just feels like somebody that's, going to be very very difficult to beat so for me this is an interesting fight probably the most interesting one of the weekend because I'd like to say it's a genuine 50-50. Yeah definitely and uh, you didn't mention Konatov's uh, big sort of win on his record or on these shores anyway against the Thomas Patrick Ward a lot of people were sort of uh, very very positive about his talents and Konatov just absolutely he erased him didn't he so, uh, and I, I happen to think that that's what's going to happen with with Raymond Ford. Um, you know, we we talk about Adrian Broner, or I did. I mentioned the Adrian Broner comparison, um, and we know what Maidana did to uh, Adrian Broner. I'm not saying that there's that cockiness from uh, Raymond Ford, but I do think it's sort of. I'm not. It's not a Philly Shell style, so to speak, with Raymond Ford, but I think that those sort of flashy, flashy styles do have their sort of deficiencies, uh, particularly against uh, big punches, you know, it can be... Yeah. Like, we'll see whether Raymond Ford can hold his shape when he's he's going to be hammered. He's going to be hammered by the Osbeck. Uh, I also made another... a bit of a bit of a strange comparison, maybe, when you look at other fights of his, but in one of them, he, he wasn't exactly defensively-minded, Kolmatov. He, he reminded me of an Edwin Valero. You know, just throw and throw and throw and throw until you get the knockout. So uh, I think he's a man of of uh, all strategies, rather than just rather than just that one. Because in the next fight that I saw him in, he was boxing hands up, you know, and and, and throwing the left and right with from a sort of defensive stance. So I think Kolmatov has got he's got a mix of styles, and he can obviously punch. I think Raymond Ford's really going to. Uh, He's going to feel the power, and I expect a stoppage from Kolmatov. Those sort of Eastern Bloc fighters, they're, they're tough stuff, aren't they? And they've proven in the last few years that they just have the tools to dominate the sport. And at 25, I know Raymond Ford. I think Raymond Ford's only 24, isn't he? Um, perfect, 
perfect fight, really. It's nice to see that these two men are being matched. They're not avoiding the issue. They're not avoiding each other. And uh, we're really going to get a decent decent scrap for a world title rather than just one fighter on the up fighting someone who's, you know, cannon fodder. Yeah, well, that happens quite a lot, doesn't it? A lot of cards and you do get a lot of prospects and journeymen, fighters on the way up against fighters on the way down or already at the bottom. So it is nice to see fights like this that have been scheduled in. It's a good fight. Definitely one of the weekend's fights that I'd say don't miss because it'll be the one that I think will be the most impressive of the weekend. In terms of how it goes down, at the moment I'm, I'm struggling to sort of predict because I think they've both got they've both got qualities about them which I think can beat the what be the other. And I think if we're going to edge towards anybody at this stage, I think it's Kolmatov. I think from what I've seen of Kolmatov and Raymond Ford, I'd like to think Kolmatov's going to be the one to systematically break Raymond Ford down. But he could have completely get outboxed yet. So that's the beauty of being a 50-50 fight is you just really don't know because you haven't seen any major vulnerabilities in either fighter in their career to date. So yes, interesting fight, one to definitely tune into. On the undercard, just as a notable mention, Nico Ali Walsh, grandson of Muhammad Ali, also fights on this undercard. He, of course, has had a lot of expectation on the young man's shoulders, having lost his last fight by a majority decision, and then his previous fight becoming a no contest as well, which was a strange turn of events for him. So he's looking to continue his boxing career. I've looked at a few of his fights and I'm not really making a comparison because it's very, very difficult to try and make a comparison to his grandfather. It's it's, it's practically impossible, but you just kind of take it on value of the fact that he is related to him and and just kind of hope that maybe, you know, there is another Ali in the family that, that will rise to prominence at some point. So if you are interested in seeing that particular fight, it does also feature on this undercard as well. So they are the fights for the weekend. They are the ones to mention. There is a little bit of conversation going on on social media, a little bit of news here and there. And I think the most notable bit of news we wanted to just mention in this episode was, of course, Canelo Alvarez and the fact that he's leaving PBC, the fact that he's talking about who he'd like to fight in May and then who he'd like to fight in September. So, Jamie, take it away. Just let everybody know the conversation that's been going around social media if they haven't already seen it. Well, the bit of news I spied was that on the on May the sixth, which is the you know the usual Cinco de Mayo spot for Canelo, he'd like to fight Edgar Belanga, which I think is you know we we touted it um, in the last show, but I do think it's a bit of a bizarre fight. What's Belanga done really to secure the Canelo sweepstakes? Um, I did sort of mention I'm contradicting myself because I didn't mention it wouldn't be a bad fight to see, but then when you're looking at achievements, it's a real step down. Um, for for Canelo, but then he wants to sort of um, he wants to turn up the heat a little bit if he gets through that, which I think he will do. He wants to fight Jaime Munguia, so really sort of um, picking up the heat, and then hopefully we'll see the uh, David Benavidez fight in 2025. But I'm not holding my breath, not holding my breath at all. I think you know Canelo's got enough money. And he's sort of earned the right in his eyes to dodge who he wants. I don't think any any danger or any risk will really really suit him. To be honest, I don't think he'll like the I don't think he'll like the risk of losing. Um, so he can, he can do what he wants. He can make the money. So yeah, I, I don't see that happening now. To be honest, we'll see how things pan out with Canelo. Of course, he's got to take the fights where he knows he's going to make a lot of money on them before taking in what his eyes will be a more riskier fight. 
And that's what I've said to a lot of people on social media that I've spoken to about it is I don't necessarily think he's ducking to David Benavidez. I think he's just biding his time. He's taking his opportunities to have fights that seemingly he thinks are going to be easier for him to win and he's going to be able to get good money from before he puts himself at a much higher risk situation. So that, that's my thought on it. But we'll, of course, see as the announcements get made over the coming days and weeks as to what happens next for him. This conversation will obviously arise again at some point down the line because it's Canelo and there's always talk of what's going on in his career and where he's going. But, Jamie, I think that's about it for this particular episode. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, if you've enjoyed it, do let us know on social media at BTR Boxing Pod, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on TikTok as well. If you do follow us on there, please go and like and share all the content that we're putting out across the social media networks. We will be making a huge announcement this coming Friday as well, so please do keep your eyes peeled for what's going out on social media and some subsequent content coming out in respect of that also next week. So please make sure you keep yourselves tuned into that because there are some changes happening here at the network and we wanted to share it with you guys and also give you a bit more of a personalised experience with that in mind as well. If you've enjoyed the episode and you're listening on Spotify, drop a comment below. Let us know what you thought about it, what you thought about the fights that are happening this weekend. Any thoughts and feelings and opinions on Canelo, of course, are always welcomed and debated. But for this episode, it's good night from me and it's good night from him. And we will see you soon and we'll be back next week with even more BTR Boxing Podcast content. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.